Podcast. I'm Allison Little, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur who has built businesses and brands for the past decade. I'm passionate about helping high achievers launch to the next level. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Launch Podcast with Allison Little. Today's episode is called the 10X Incubator with Jared Yellen. Jared calls himself a non-techie tech co-founder of dozens of companies. He is extremely unique in his perspective to launch tech companies to scale and grow very, very quickly. And he has an ability to build a team and is just a wonderful human being. So I'm so excited to have him on the Launch Podcast today. Welcome, Jared, to the Launch Podcast. Yes. Thank you, Allison. It's my honor. I'm excited to be here with you. I love everything that you're doing and touching and creating, and uh, I can't wait to support your community. So ask me anything. I'm an open book. Awesome. I love it. Well, first off, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes. So um, about me, when I was 20 years old, I had a realization, which was eventually I'm going to be a dad. And it wasn't when I was 20. And I don't know many young men when they're 20 that think about that. But the reason I was is I was reflecting on my childhood. And my parents went through a very intense divorce when I was about five years old. And I'm sure there was worse divorces than theirs, but it was pretty darn intense. And uh, when I think back, if somebody were to ask me, what's one word to define your childhood? I would have said loud, like there was nowhere to go for peace. So when I was 20 and I was reflecting when I was a child, I thought to myself, this is a defining moment for me because eventually I'm going to have kids. And I want to make sure that by the time I have kids, they have a very different life than I experienced. And I'm like, but what does that even mean? Like, who is Jared as a dad? And the word that hit me and it hit me where it gives me the goosebumps, even when I think about it today, um, was freedom. It just nailed me. Like, it just like set me back. I'm like, whoa, like what freedom? Like, what is freedom to me? And I started breaking it down. There was 12 different categories of freedom from geographics to career, to health, to spirituality, to finances. Like it was specific. And I wrote about what each one meant to me. And and then I was looking at this document that I assembled and it was like one of those complete immersions where like within 30 minutes, I wrote like seven pages. Like it was like really thorough. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've never met anyone that has this. Like, I don't know anyone that has what I just put on this piece of paper. So if I'm going to want to create something that I've never seen before, I need to do what other people just don't do. And I just immersed myself into entrepreneurship. So fast forward to today, I'm 36 years old. I have two beautiful children. I'm very happily married and we have freedom in all of those domains. It's because I went all in. I went all in on entrepreneurship. I went all in on freedom entrepreneurship, which means that you build things to eventually eliminate yourself from them. So you become obsolete and then the companies can live on without you. And I'm on a mission right now to do that with 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years. Awesome. That is so cool. And I bet now reflecting back and kind of seeing your kiddos, um, you're grateful that you did that and you took that journey. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. Like I, I, and I'm not, what I'm going to say might offend some of you because you might not be there yet, but I'm not looking to do that. I'm looking to inspire you and empower you to get there. If that's what you want for me at five o'clock every day, I'm a dad. That is it. There's nothing that ever breaks that boundary. There's no meeting that's more important. There's no human that's more important. My phone goes in my home office and I am with my kids and I'm with them until eight o'clock at night. And then I'm with my wife. She goes to bed earlier than me. And then I spend an hour and a half or so to prepare for the next day. That's me. Be self-aware enough to figure out what that is for you. I talk to a lot of, of entrepreneurs and also parents. That's just not them. So that's cool. Figure out you so that you could feel whole and complete and as perfect as you could possibly feel. But for me, those boundaries are set. And as a result, I have an incredible relationship with both my kids. And uh, that to me is more than anything that entrepreneurship could ever offer me. But yet entrepreneurship is what created that for me. 
Isn't that beautiful? I, I remember when we started our business about nine years ago, um, really putting those boundaries. We had Fridays off where we did adventures with our kids. And we tell awesome. our clients, like, we can't schedule appointments because our kids are only small once and we have this time with them and, and then it's gone and they're in school or whatever is happening. So I love that you get, you did that and, and you've created that life for your children too, because they see that. And I'm sure that they're growing up with that new reality of what their life looks like. So what's your main passion or purpose in life, Jared? Yes. Other than being a dad, um, but as an entrepreneur, it's to build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. I'm a non-technical tech founder. I learned the hard way how to build and scale a tech company. And when I say I learned the hard way, it cost me two years and $2 million of my own money on my first tech company. And I had to eventually scrap the platform completely and then rebuild it from scratch. And in that moment, there was two things that took place. One was I declared that I was going to make the tech industry safe because that's definitely not safe. And then two, I met what I call my silver lining in life, which is a gentleman named Monty. Uh, he was just one of our, our, our engineers in 2012 that was hired to work with me by a software development firm. But before he was working with me, he lived in India. And when he was in India, he started his own software development firm out of his parents' apartment. And three years later, he grew from his parents' apartment to 100 employees. Uh, so outside of being a great engineer, he's really a great manager and leader and mentor. And uh, he ended up selling his company in 2011 to move to the US with his wife to start a family here. And when he moved to the US, he was living on the end of my street where my original office was. So he could have been anywhere but there and we would not have met because he had no money, he had no bike and he had no car. So he had to walk to work. And luckily when he left his apartment building, my office building was right there, we met. And the rest is history. He became the CTO of my first tech company. We've now built and scaled that company to over 40,000 paying users. And he's a co-founder with me at 10X Incubator, where we will build, scale and sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. Now you might be like, why? That seems like so counter to what you just said about freedom. I will never, ever let that get in the way of my boundaries. But here's what I know to be true. Most people that become tech founders will have to compromise time with their kids, will have to compromise time with their significant other, will have to compromise their health. But that goes against what we do. What we do is we say every one of our founders has to have it all. On our journey to build, scale, and sell their company with them because we become co-founders, I care more about who they are on the journey than the matter actually selling their company. So we infuse this, like every one of our co-founders becomes a better parent, a better partner, and their health is improving. Every one of them. Because if not, I stop everything to get them there because I know we can't sell their company if they're not going to be there. So it just becomes the fanatical focus what we're up to. I just absolutely commend you on that because I think too often we see this picture of success out in the in the world of you have to compromise, you know, your your life at home as a parent, or you have to compromise your relationships, or you have to compromise your health in order to reach a certain level of success. And as soon as you reach that certain level of success, then you'll have more time with your family, or then you'll have more time for your health. But the problem is many people run into is then now their health is deteriorating or they don't, they're in a divorce or, you know, there's all those different things. So I think that's a really awesome perspective. What are the two to three things you've done in your life to watch the next level? So when I, my parents went through a divorce, the, my go-to for like solace was motivational quotes. Um, I was like five, so I don't know why I gravitated to that but, and I didn't really even read, but I like used to ask my parents to read them to me. And then I really got into personal development, like a lot. And, and young age, like I was like 10, 11 years old, like listening to 
audios, I probably understood maybe 3% of it, but it was 100% more than, than not listening at all. Uh, so personal development laid a really strong foundation for me to care about myself enough to then commit to my health. So when I was in middle school and high school, like I was very popular, but I was like the, the odd kid in some ways, because when my friends would play video games, like I was in the gym and when they were like going and eating fast food, like I was fueling my body. I was like juicing at like 14 years old. Um, like I started meditating when I was in my teens. Like, so it just been a commitment to my health and my development. And, and here's what, here's also the reality. When you're a non-tech tech founder, the likelihood of becoming successful at what you're doing is like less than 0% because you can't solve your own problem. Like I'm non-technical and I'm a founder of a tech incubator. Like I'm non-technical and I have a software company that has tens of thousands of users. Like if anything goes wrong, I can't fix it. So that's like immensely stressful, like that you can't solve. Like if I was running a sales company and we had to like live or die on my ability to sell a widget, we're going to live forever. But I'm not like I'm running a tech incubator that relies on, on hundreds of people at this point in order for it to even exist. But the reason I don't let myself like my, my balance is so intact is because of the choices I'd make for my health. Um, I wake up every day at 430. I'm at the gym by five. I'm, I'm pounding it in the gym. I come home and I have greens, juices, protein shakes. I'm meditating. I dominate the day. Like I'm very zoned in. And then I'm dead at five o'clock doing whatever the kids want to do, running around, playing, laughing, reading. I'm with my wife. I close out my day to prepare for the next day. So that's that was maybe more than two to three things, but it's just a lifestyle. Like it's a lifestyle that I've committed to. And when I was young, I realized I'm on a ferocious desire to have the edge, just to have the edge, not because I'm competing against anybody. It's against me. When I was, when I was in college, I was a natural bodybuilder and I used to bench press over 400 pound incline bench press, which is really heavy. Like that's like unheard of. Like no one does that kind of heavy, but no one even knew because I used to wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt every day to the gym. Like no one had any idea what I looked like. Like, and I'm 5'11", like, like they just didn't know. Like, and then I'd get on the bench and I have four plates on an incline, which is no one does that. Like, that's a crazy thing to do. And I would, I would pick the smallest person in the gym to spot me. So people are like, what is he doing? Like, there's no way that that little person could like help him if he gets stuck and I would never get stuck. Like I would never get stuck. And I was only competing against me. This wasn't for the people that were surrounding me and cheering me on. It was just me. So I became very self-motivated early on. Um, and I committed to my health and personal development. Those are amazing. I, let's talk about self-motivation because I think that's a really key part of launching to the next level and keeping yourself motivated. What, what do you do if you have a hard day? Like, like if you start off and you're like, Ugh, I'm just done, or I don't know what to do, or all of these people are telling me no, or shit is hitting the fan. Like, what do you do, Jared, to get yourself out of that mindset? So one thing that I learned early on as an entrepreneur is I believe everybody, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you need a moonshot, like something that keeps you up late at night and wakes up early in the morning, something that makes you sweat and excites you at the same time, something that sounds crazy yet you're onto something. So I have a moonshot. I've always had a moonshot. So when I launched my first tech company, the moonshot was to democratize the marketing agency, which means I wanted to take an agency that was $10,000 a month and make it under $50 a month. And I wanted to support 1 million small business owners from around the world. That was a moonshot. Like I used to share that with people and they were like, 
the dude's crazy. Like no one's ever done that before. Like he's nuts. So that's what I focus on. Like, so that means like that morning where I spill my coffee, it doesn't really matter. Like I'm going to democratize the marketing agency. So like now the moonshot is build, scale, sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. Like there's, there are every day there's shit hitting the fan. Like every day there's something <laughs> Of like an angry employee that that I've never even met because we have a virtual workforce and like I could harp on that or I could focus on where we're going right like and so that's it like you need to have something that's bigger than the problem that you're experiencing and when the problem shows up you just focus on that bigger thing and then that problem is what I call a speck of dust one of the things that we do with our co-founders is um, we have to fundraise with them because they have an idea and we have to together find a way to get it funded it's a really important exercise like sell somebody on a vision that they're willing to invest in today and then go on the journey with you. And maybe they need to raise $100,000 or $50,000 or whatever the number might be. And they look at it like it's like like Mount Everest. Like, oh my gosh, Like, how are we going to get there? I'm like, let's not make it a mountain. Let's make it a speck of dust because on your journey to build, scale, and sell your company and have your moonshot become your reality shot, we're going to look back on this moment and be like, there was 50 grand standing in between this and that. Like every problem that you experience is a speck of dust. Just like flick that shit away. Like the more that you make it a mountain, the more that it's a freaking mountain. And this is not a rah, rah, hypey thing. Like you asked me like, how do I do it? Everything that I experience day by day is a speck of dust. That's it. It's like, it doesn't matter. Move it aside, move it aside, move it aside. Like like we, when COVID hit, as an example, we were living in Connecticut and Connecticut for us misaligned with our values as a family. Like I did not want my kids living in that culture. Within seven days, sold everything, moved to Naples, Florida. And then in Naples, Florida, we loved it. We had freedom. We were able to enjoy life. The kids were happy. I ended up co-founding a company with someone that lived um, in Miami. So it made sense for us to move to the other side of the state. And we ended up just renting a home there because it was too quick to, to try to buy something. And we rented a home and it was a bait and switch. And it was this expensive house and everything was broken and there was rodents. Oh, no. It was like ridiculous. I'm a five-year-old and a two-year-old at the time. Like, like who wants to move again? Like we literally just moved. Speck of dust, speck of dust. Got a beautiful home we moved to now. Like we're all settled. Like if everything in your life that you think is a mountain becomes a speck of dust, watch how much progress that you make. Like watch how much you grow as a result. I wouldn't want to climb a mountain, but I love flicking away specks of dust. That is a beautiful perspective. And it is so helpful because as we look at the challenges and the obstacles, many times when I'm speaking to people from all over the world, they get, it could be a doubt, it could be a fear, it could be a naysayer that comes into their life. But if you think about it as a speck of dust and can move past it quickly, now you can get closer to that moonshot thinking. What's your favorite book? Most recently, I've started to listen to a lot of Grant Cardone stuff um, because he's a co-founder with me. And I love how he takes these concepts that could feel abstract and overly simplifies it. So the book that he's written on like become average or be obsessed, it's such a critical concept. I think that so many people feel that obsessiveness is like an unhealthy thing. I'm obsessed with freedom. Like I am like so upset. It's all I talk about. It's all I think about. It's all that I do. Um, and I encourage that book in particular helps redefine obsession um, and actually makes it a very, very positive thing. Cause if you're obsessed about good, then that's going to lead to a lot of good. So I would say that book, but I've read, I've read tons of books. Like it's hard for me to pick one because at different stages of my life, it's for different purposes. Um, like the power of now was, was huge for me at a point in my life by Eckhart Tolle when I was making this big transition and, and I, I needed to just focus on the now. Like I had to get, I had to become like the watcher of the thinkers he talks about. Uh, Cause it was, it was huge. Like it was like this 
massive shift. And, and I had to like start like observing my thoughts to figure out how I can control them more because they were definitely controlling me for this period of time. But yeah, those are two, but I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. Awesome. People that are listening to this, remember that if you're going to launch to the next level, you, you need to listen to a lot of different books from a lot of different people and, and apply them to your life. And it sounds like um, that's what you've done, Jared. So, okay. We're going to talk about the 10X um, tech, the incubator that you've started with Grant Cardone. Let's, let's dig into that. Yeah. So um, the tech company that I was referring to that has scaled now is called Synduit. And um, we have a great team, great company. And in April of 2020, I woke up one day and I realized I am officially obsolete. Listen, every entrepreneur that's listening or watching this, that needs to become your goal. Like become obsolete in what you do. And that might be hard to fathom right now because maybe you have a coaching business and like you're just one person and that's it. You need to find a way to become obsolete. Otherwise you become a slave to your business. And why would anybody want to be an entrepreneur and a slave at the same time? So that was my moment. I woke up in April of 2020. I'm like, I'm obsolete. This is amazing. How do I declare it? Like, how do I make sure that my team realizes that I'm obsolete? So I gave some meaningful equity away to a few key people on the team. And uh, it gave them the chance to make decisions. So for the first time in a decade, I had a completely clean canvas. Um, I was 35 years old, two young children, happily married. Our life is pretty set because of Sinduip. And I just declare this next chapter was my official moonshot. Like I'm going to do something that shakes the world up or I'm going to go down trying. And I'm okay with either. I'm young enough and I'll rebound if it doesn't work. And when it works, I'm going to just go to the moon with it. And when I was thinking that way, I'm like, what's my moonshot though? Because you can't like force it. Like you have to feel like almost like called to it. And I was walking on the beach in Westport, Connecticut, where we used to live at the time. And uh, I'm like, one day it just hit me. I'm like, I'm going to do what I just did with Sinduit, but I'm going to do it 10,000 more times by 2031. And 10,000 of anything is just ridiculous. Like it's literally absurd, but that's what a moonshot needs to be, right? Keeps you up late at night, wakes up early in the morning, makes you sweat and excited at the same time. It's like this weird tug of war. So I called up Mani, who was that person I shared the story about earlier, who became my CTO. And this woman, Katie, who's my director of operations at Synduit. And I said, I got a big idea. I want to do it with you guys, but I'm letting you know, I'm doing it with or without you. And they're like, what is it? I'm like, let's build scale and sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. Are you in? And their exact words were, Jared, we're in because it's you, but we have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. So I said, okay, <laughs> let me explain. We're going to launch a tech incubator, but this is not going to be like every other incubator or accelerator, but we invest a little bit of money and then provide mentorship and, and guidance for three to six months. That's great. That's just not this. This is going to be a place where people can come whether they're technical or not, with their tech ideas that they wrote on a piece of paper, or maybe they've invested a little bit of money and they have a minimum viable product, or even a cash flowing tech company that's kind of plateaued and they want to accelerate. And they're going to pitch us. And when they pitch us, there's four major criteria that we're looking for the right person with the right idea in the right market and the right business model. And if all of that's right, we will then move forward and co-found the company with them. We'll both take equity. So our values are completely aligned. And then we're going to build the entire company at cost. Software development, go-to-market, sales, customer support, legal, fundraising, financing, everything it takes. And about 98% of the initial minimum viable product cost is in India at a company that I've owned since 2017 at cost. So it's like a fraction of a fraction of what it takes. So the risk is very low. So Monty and Katie were like, we have to do this. So in June of 2020, we opened up our portfolio. And since then, 
We've had well over 10,000 people apply to work with us with their ideas. Um, of those 10,000, about 500 of them made it through the first round to actually pitch us. And then of the 500, we've said yes to 110 companies. So we have 110 companies in our first year, which is actually more remarkable than 10,000 in 10 years because we were like figuring this thing out, Allison. Like these aren't products, like there's no end. Like the end is when we sell them. So it's, it's, it's like, we, how do we hire like that? We have hundreds of people on the team now across India, the US, Canada, and the world. Um, here's what's interesting. We're not playing law of averages. We're not playing law of average. It's not like if we launch enough of these, we'll have a few winners. Everything we say yes to, we know we can build, scale, and we can sell. And one of the things that I've realized, this is a great lesson for all of you, is that when you declare a moonshot, build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years, and then you take what I call maniac action, which means people that are observing are like, they're crazy and onto something, and you talk about it a lot, you get a ton of attention. So we have a lot of attention. Like we have attention from big tech, which I'm not a fan of, to venture capital, to private equity, to family offices, to celebrities, to athletes. Like we just got a lot of attention. And one of the people we got the attention of is Grant Cardone. And if you don't know who he is, you, sh you should look him up. Um, but he heard about me about six months ago. And he said what everybody else was saying. The dude's crazy and he's onto something. I got to meet him. So I was living in Naples, Florida at the time. I got a phone call from his office that he wanted to meet with me. So I met, went into his office a few days later. And what's interesting is I wasn't looking to do anything else. And like, we had a really good thing going. I didn't know Grant personally. I just saw what he was doing in the world, which is very impressive. But what I really wanted to understand was why do his daughters, he has two young daughters, why do they have a twinkle in their eye when they look at their dad? Because they really love him. And why do him and his wife seem to have this very supportive relationship? And why does a few of his employees that I know talk about how he's just changed their life? Like that's the grant I wanted to see. Like everything else is cool. Like $61 million plane, cars, mansions, like that's awesome. He came from nothing and he was able to accomplish this. But I really wanted to understand who he was. And I went in for that first meeting. We spoke for hours, like hours. And like what we realized was our values are aligned. We have the same force for good in the world. Um, complementary skill sets. He's 30 years older than me. So he like saw this younger version of, of himself. And, and then about an hour in, he said to me, Jared, that share you're sitting in, my sales team sells that share for $100,000 an hour. And people pay it and they come in. And when they come in, they can ask me for advice or they can ask me, so they can pitch me their idea. And here's what I know. You didn't pay hundred grand to sit in that chair because I invited you here. And you're not asking me for anything, but I'm going to ask you for something. And he put his hand out and he said, shake my hand. I want to build scale and sell 10,000 tech companies with you. And it was that clear. Like it was just in that moment I knew. Like there was like, when you're clear in your values, you can make decisions so quickly. Cool. So I just knew we shook hands. Our teams figured out the details, but what we're doing is what we've always done. We just now have Grant and the 10X ecosystem and his platform to promote these products through. So yeah, we're going to build scale and sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. Oh my gosh. And your passion and excitement about it. It's just so energizing. And I can see why he wanted to partner with you. You know, I think one of the things that you said in there is kind of getting the maniac action, like just kind of being like so enthusiastic and excited about the work that you're doing. So how do you wake up every day really excited and enthused about this moonshot? Yeah, it's that. So it's like declaring it, like knowing what it is. The key is that you don't feel silly when you share it. I know I've done this exercise with people for years. And like, sometimes like they're like, 
they're like laughing when they say it. I'm like, is that like a laugh? Like I'm going to take on the world or is that like a laugh, which is like, you're not taking yourself seriously. And they're like, I'm not taking myself seriously. I'm like, well, like that can't be your moonshot. So like, I've never felt silly when I share it. Like to me, like I know that that's, that's what's happening uh, in the world. But what really lights my fire is I think about our co-founders. Like one of the things about the technology industry is that it's, it's centralized in Silicon Valley. And the Silicon Valley is like the old boys club. Like if you don't have the right skin color, right gender, right color, College, right bank account, right everything. Like you can't even buy a cup of Starbucks coffee there. I know they're talking about how you can, but you can't. Like, like just you can't. Like there's just no way to enter in. And I just stand against it. We have co-founders now in little towns in Arkansas. We have a co-founder in a village in New Zealand. The New Zealand is still locked down as if it's like hardcore COVID. Like he has literally not left his little area because he's so locked down. It's disgusting. It's crazy. Like that's what democratizing the technology industry looks like. So that's what lights my is like, I never know who I'm going to speak to that day that I'm going to say yes to. And that yes radically changes their life. We started a show for this purpose alone. So on, this is a great lesson for everybody. So we have this whole premise here um, at 10X Incubator. And we had this at the, at the other incubator. This, this is my life premise, which is one week needs to be one year worth of production. Not because you're working 24 seven, because I stand against that boundaries. But when you're working, you don't second guess yourself. And if you don't second guess yourself, you have an incredible competitive advantage on the world. Most people take like 19 times to make one decision. I've made 19 decisions when they've made one decision. How do you catch up? Like even if my decisions are wrong, you're not going to catch up. Like there's just no way. So about three and a half weeks ago, it was a Friday. I had this idea, which was I want to launch a show. And it was three o'clock at a meeting with the team. I'm like, I'm going to launch a show called 10X Tech Tank. And it's going to be kind of like what Shark Tank is, but just way cooler because Shark Tank's awesome. It's like the American dream. I love it. But the majority of the things that get funded through Shark Tank are not changing the world. They're a better sponge, a better popcorn maker. Like, and I'm not diminishing it. That's just what it is. I'm like, I want to do that, but for tech. Like I want to have a show where every time, every day, every, every episode, there's four people that pitch us either a napkin, an MVP or a cash flowing company. And they want to, they want to blow it up. Like, that's what I want. And the team's like, cool. When are we going to do our first episode? I'm like, uh, Tuesday. They're like, Jared, it's three o'clock on a Friday. I'm like, hey, we're doing it on Tuesday and you have to spend time with your family this weekend. So just find a way, like just find a way we're going to do it. And we did it Tuesday from two or three. We did our first episode, no promotion, tens of thousands of people watched it and they loved it. Like it empowered people to like believe that they might have a tech idea. Cause that was my goal with it. I wanted to, the world to see people that look like them, whether it was skin color, gender, age, demographic, and be like, if they can do it, I can do it. That was the motivation behind it. So we did the first episode, huge hit. Did the second episode, huge hit. And I called a meeting and they're like, oh no, he's up to something. I'm like, I want a daily show. They're like a daily show. Do you know how hard that is to do a daily show? I'm like daily show starting November 1st. So last night was our first daily show, eight o'clock Eastern standard time. I do pre-record them. That's my dad time. I pre-record them and uh, it is on fire. I mean, it is so damn cool because I don't know who I'm going to see. Like I have no prep time when we record these sessions. So the, the, the idea person shows up. Up. There's two of us that are on there as judges. And then we let the world judge too as to whether or not we should move forward. So it's really cool. It's the reason why I'm doing it. I want to turn people on to realize that everyone can become a tech founder. Everyone. Don't limit yourself based on where you were or where you are or the skill you have or what you were told as a kid. All I care about is where you want to go. And if you're the right person with the right idea and the right market and the right business model, I'm going to co-found with you. <laughs> and if you're going to co-found with you, we're going to win together.
Mm, beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm all fired up. And I'm sure everybody that's listening is too. Well, Jared, I could talk to you all day long and I know that you have so many people to help today. So I'm going to wrap it up. How do people get a hold of you and learn more about the 10X incubator? Yeah, cool. I'll give you two places to go. So if you have an idea and you feel empowered now and you're like, I want to submit my idea, I want to see what they think, go to 10xincubator.com. That's the number one zero and then X incubator.com. If you don't have an idea yet, but you're like that 10 X tech tank thing sounds pretty darn cool. And I want to watch other people. And then I'll eventually gain the courage to, to pitch, go to 10 X, like the number one zero X tech tank.com. Just get on the insider list. Um, this is free. We just notify you right before we go live uh, each day. And we have a cool uh, gift that we created called the perfect pitch kit. So I've, I've been on the receiving end or giving end of thousands and thousands of pitches. Some were awesome and some were really a nightmare. And what I started to look at were like the ones that were a nightmare, but had a really great idea. And I'm like, ah, they just totally missed the mark because they didn't have the perfect pitch. So that's what this is. It's a, it's a 60 minute training and a manual and the actual deck itself. And you can use this for anything, whether it's fundraising, strategic advisory, whatever you're trying to look to do, like it's a, it's a pitch format. So go to 10xtechtank.com so you can watch our daily show Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. And then you get the kit as well. Fantastic. Awesome. You are just amazing, Jared. I am so excited that you are chasing your moonshot and you're going to help so many people. Thank you for doing that. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening and share this episode. Also think about becoming a tech founder. I mean, why not? Why not? You can do it. Jared said so. And I believe him. Thanks again and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Launch Podcast. I'm Allison Little, and I'm so excited that you spent your time with me. Look for future episodes and connect with me on social media or at my website at www.allisonlittle.com. 